Hey, welcome back to Vibe Talking. Tonight we're discussing a really great but totally insane film called Touch Me. And as much as we both loved it, it does include some depictions of sexual violence. We were still really excited to do an episode about this film, though, because we both felt like it had a lot of really important things to say and actually a super positive message. Mm Mm-hmm. But with that being said, it is also a pornographic film from 1971. So they don't totally nail it in making those points. Yeah, and because of this, we realize it might be difficult for some of you to listen to. And so if that's the case, don't sweat it. Just skip the last portion of this episode or just join us on the next episode. It's up to you. Yeah, either way, no stress. We appreciate you guys coming along with us on this journey as we talk about these films, explore this genre, and really get into this moment in time that was unlike anything else. For those of you who do want to come along for the ride, here is episode two on Touch Me. Good Vibe Cinema presents Vibe Talking. Hey everybody, how's it going? Pretty chill, I'm guessing, because we are about to uh, get into another exciting episode of Vibe Talking, a podcast brought to you by Good Vibe Cinema about films with off-the-charts vibes, films from the golden age of adult cinema. Thanks for coming back, you guys. I'm guessing uh, you're here because you totally dug that Deep Throat episode, and if not, like... I kind of love that even more because you went for the very obscure film. (laughs) Uh, We got some experts over here. Game respect game. Y'all are some uh, porno connoisseurs and uh, I dig it. Uh, Yeah, tonight we are talking about the uh, fantastic 1971 film Touch Me by Anthony Spinelli. This is a really good movie. We didn't introduce ourselves at all. I mean, if you were listening on a previous episode, you already know I'm Manny and... I'm Vic. Vic Terry, executive producer of Good Vibe Cinema. (laughs) That's right. We're here to uh, talk about porn, talks about a specific era of porn. If this is your first episode of uh, Vibe Talking, welcome. Glad to have you here. Hopefully you really dig uh, what we have to say. If you have seen the film before, You're going to understand everything that we're talking about because we'll get pretty specific with the film. If you haven't, that's fine. Listen along to us and hopefully we can convince you that this is a movie worth checking out and that this is a genre worth exploring. Absolutely. Uh, So this is a pretty exciting film that we're talking about. Um, You kind of teased it last time around that we were going to be discussing uh, the first dirty movie I ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that is what we've got going on here. Well, and I remember when you told me after we after we watched this the first time, you said this is the first porn I ever watched and I was like all of a sudden so much about you makes sense. <laughs> and it's a really interesting film. Like I know that it's it's a film I had never heard of before, and it wasn't like I knew that much about this uh, genre. But I feel like most people that are familiar probably haven't heard of this film before either because it's not like there's any kind of names you would recognize with it. 
and we'll kind of get into just what happens in the film, what the film's about. It doesn't come off as what you would think of when you think of like porn and especially like 70s golden era porn. But I highly recommend this. Yeah, this movie is like a total trip. And I uh, I have told a lot of people that they should watch it, but I always preface it as do not think of this as a porno. Think of this as like an avant-garde art film. And if you go into it being like, yeah, I want like a really tasteful, like stimulating movie that like makes me think about like big questions and like, you know, some artsy shit. Like this is the film for you. If you go into this with the intention of jerking off, you're going to be like pretty bombed. (laughs) So... The way that I sum up the sex scenes, it's like if you walked in on your parents having sex, there was like a certain like kind of awkwardness to it to where you just couldn't stop looking at what you're looking at. But that's the cool thing about it is because... Yeah, he's not saying that as a dig. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying that as... This is very intentional. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're watching porn stars. That's one thing about Deep Throat is... The, the main three actors in that feel like porn stars. They feel like people that fuck on camera because they look good fucking on camera. And these people look like how most of us would look fucking on camera. And that's not to say that they're unattractive people or anything. It's just there's a lack of that sort of porn glamour to this. And that's something that's so interesting to me because we talked about this a little bit about... Um, the kind of amateurish quality of it. It's amateur slash voyeuristic. I would, yes, I would definitely say more voyeuristic because to me, there is stuff that feels so organic, like too organic. Like it doesn't feel cinematic, you know? It doesn't feel like porn. It does feel like you, like you said, you walked in on something that you maybe weren't supposed to be seeing and like there's something incredibly intimate about it. But at the same time, and, and that goes as far is to say, like, some of the performances, like, you're like, is this, like, a weak performance? Or is this what people look like having sex? You know? Like, there's so much, like, heavy breathing as opposed to, like, hot moaning. And there are, like, (laughs) a lot of scenes where the guy is, like, not all the way hard. But it's like, are you always all the way hard at the beginning of every interaction? Probably not. No, no. And that's where it is, like... You gotta pregame a little bit. That's where it's incredibly realistic. Because basically every, uh, every sex scene starts off with the guy soft. And, like, just got out of the pool, like, pulled down your underwear soft. In fact, there's a pool scene where there's dudes fully nude jumping in and out of the pool. And they are, yeah, they are flopping. They're flopping in the wind. But it never feels like something dirtbag or voyeuristic in, like, the Harmony Corinne sort of way where you're, you're kind of, like, looking down on these people, just being like, ew, like, they're gross, but I can't stop looking, like... They just, they legit feel like if you could go back in time and watch your parents, you know, in a big kind of sexy group, you know, but being awkward yeah, about it. Yeah, like totally what When they were in their late doing. 20s, like that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, 
No, but on that note, if that didn't make you guys like want to watch it already, like if you didn't just hear that and be like, "Fuck!" Like I'm turning. Oh this, yeah. I'm turning this shit off and I'm putting that. Shit oh yeah. Off. I can imagine <laughs> like, people like listening right now being like, "I gotta take my pants off. I'm so turned on by this description." <laughs> No. This sounds like the best movie ever made. What's what's kind of uh, ironic is that we got into the sex way faster than the movie does because the movie, if you want to talk about what the movie opens up with, but it it takes its time getting there. And the thing is, is it has so many interesting things to say. I did not mind the fact. Like, I'm not watching these films because I'm like, get to the sex, get to the fucking, I want to get fucking turned on, you know? Like, we are, like, sitting here watching these films the way that you would watch a basketball game with your buddy or something. With this, like, it blew me away the first time that we watched it, just being like, dude, we're over 20 minutes into this movie, and except for the opening shots, there hasn't been, there's been a little bit of nudity, but there's been absolutely no sex. Okay, and I want to get into that a little bit too, because like, you know, obviously we're going to get way into this film, but I want to talk a little bit for a second about my first experience watching this, because this was the first porn that I ever watched. Yeah. And the night that I watched this movie was like, I mean, I talk about it a little bit in the Deep Throat episode. Um, y'all want to go check that out? But basically, I say, you know, I before I got into these films, I was not a person who watched porn. Like, I was very, you know, it felt dirty. It felt uncomfortable. I'm like, where do I even start? Like, I almost felt like I needed, like, permission to, like, pursue this kind of entertainment, you know? Yeah. Like, someone to show me a film or, like, to write a paper on one of these Golden Age films. So I gotta do my research, you know? Whereas, like, it didn't <laughs> even cross my mind that I could just be like, hey, I'm a person and I wanna watch this and I'm gonna put it on and enjoy it. Like, it just, like, I, it, it took me a long time to get to that point, which maybe sounds shocking to you guys since I'm doing a whole fucking show about it yeah like when you told me the actual the 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 time frame from when you first watched this to right now it blew my mind because you you, you were telling me you you were like oh yeah like this was the first porn i ever watched and i was like okay and then like you told me when and i was like shut up Like, my barrier to porn was just being able to find porn and not get caught watching it. Mine was, like, thousands and thousands of hang-ups. And that's why this movie resonated with me so much, is because the entire premise of this film is, like, you gotta get over your hang-ups, man. Yeah, it was like... I do have hang-ups, man! (laughs) it's, It's incredible, because, like, if anybody wants to get a crash course in understanding who Vic Terry is, watch, watch Deep Throat, watch Touch Me, listen to both the podcasts that we did about it, and they will, like feel like they've known you for about as long as I've known you that almost. That horrifies me. Please mind your own business, everyone. But no, like, it's, it's, it's wild because the message of this film, like, so perfectly aligns with sort of your own personal experiences. And to me, I'm just like, yeah, I kind of wish this would have been the first porn I ever would have watched. Because that would have changed where I am now mentally and psychologically. Like, I would have gotten there so much faster if this would have been the first thing that I was exposed to. But what I think is really funny about this is that now that I know you as well as I do, this feels like it was tailor-made specifically for you. (laughs) It existed for two decades before you were ever born. So it's it's wild. 
fuck in the 90s. I feel like we need to just start getting into it. Yeah, let's, have let's get into so it. so much to say about Touch Me. <laughs> All right, so exciting little backstory of the film. 1971, Anthony Spinelli. I love Anthony Spinelli. Just going to throw that out there. This man has the range. Like, every Damiano film feels like a Damiano film. Anthony Spinelli, like, every one of his movies, like, comparing this shit to Dixie Ray, which, like, we will talk about later, like, yep. it feels like two totally different universes. This is a guy who gets genre. This is a guy who's like, oh, this is what we're doing? All right, here we go, you know? And he brings it. So that is, like, badass to me. Basically, his backstory is that uh, he was the brother of Jack Weston, who I'm not super familiar with, but he was a pretty successful character actor back in the day. And uh, Anthony Spinelli, who was at the time going by Sam Weston, which is actually interesting because he was credited that way on Touch Me. And that was his stage name for the quote-unquote legit films that he was doing. He produced two different, like, Western movies. He did a couple different TV spots um, under that name. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't take off. He uh, becomes an encyclopedia salesman and is just out of entertainment for years. And then one day goes to a dirty movie and sees it in the theater and is like, I could definitely make a better movie than that. And he was like, I'm gonna. And I love that because I have heard that backstory from several different porno directors. Like the guy that made Boys in the Sand, like there's a little documentary about him out there and he says the same thing. It's like me and all my buddies went to a, went to a dirty movie and we were like, what is this? I could do this. And like, you've literally heard me say that a million times. <laughs> every, time we, every time we watch a movie, I'm like, Mm, what would I have done with this movie? So I feel like that's just like the classic origin story of a porn director. It's like, what 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 is there to prove? What do all of us need to prove? <laughs> like, you know? A lot, apparently. Yeah. So he goes, uh, in 1971, he makes the film Diary of a Nymph, which I have not seen. Maybe we got to add that to the list. Yeah. And then later that year, he does touch me. So this was like right at the beginning of his career. And, and this is these movies are coming out right in the heart of um, the golden age of porn, because Touch Me was released in seventy one or seventy two. Seventy one. Seventy one. Yeah. So Touch Me is released in seventy one, and then in seventy two, in June of seventy two, that's when Deep Throat's released, and then I want to say in between that is when Behind the Green Door was released, which were kind of setting up some of the films we want to talk about because you talked about Boys in the Sand. That is something that that. is sitting on your uh, case. And I've never really watched a film like that. I don't um, think either of us are the target audience for that film. But I think as a creative, we we can appreciate it. It's now our job. Yeah. (laughs) Our (laughs) listeners, our theoretical listeners demanded of us. This is this is interesting because it feels like it's kind of bridging the gap from the time period just prior to when the golden age started, when like someone like Andy Warhol, you know, he had the Blue Movie, I yeah, think is what I really it was called, watch that. which it legitimized uh, porn, from my understanding. Prior to that, the way that they got around a lot of obscenity laws and censorship was by making these porn films and selling them as being like sexual education. 
And so then that way, like, it skirted around it, and it's like, well, look, like, this isn't meant for entertainment. This is meant for education. And it feels like, in spirit, this is kind of how it started out, but it just transcends that so much. And uh, we, we kind of, we, we've been doing this a little bit where we speculate on some of the decisions that were made with these films, the way that they're framed, the way that they're set up, like, sometimes the introductions or whatever that they might do. And if there's anybody that knows, you know, for certain about these things, feel free to reach out to us. But that's kind of the fun part about this is there's this exploration where we're sitting here going, what was going on in people's minds when they're making this? Because it doesn't feel like anybody could do something like this today. It just doesn't feel like it would work. So it's interesting to look back at this moment in time. But what's really cool about this is with this film, People have a sense of, you know, porn has a well-earned reputation as being exploitative and kind of grimy and gross, um, that it's it's all about the male gaze, it's, it's all about edifying um, male desires, but this, if you want to be discouraged from thinking that, or if you want to change someone's mind about it, show them touch me. Yeah, and that was really my experience watching the film basically what happened was like for a very long time i had been like interested in this stuff wanting to see it you know aesthetically that was very present in my world but i wasn't actively engaging with these films and one night i go for it and you know i'm about to watch this movie and you know i'm going through all this stuff that's just like this is not the vibe i'm going for you know i put on one movie i'm like i I'm not digging this, you know, I'm looking through a, a, a page full of thumbnails and I'm like, I don't want to watch any of these movies, you know, yeah. and I just kind of stumbled across Touch Me, like it just was there and I didn't look it up, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with this film before I watched it, it just came up on this random website. And that's incredible and because I don't think we would be doing this if that hadn't happened the way that it did. For real. Yeah. And I put it on and I remember like I hadn't thought about this in years and then I as we were gearing up to talk about this episode I was I was talking to someone about it and he was like wait so what was like I haven't heard this story tell me the story and I started really thinking about it and I remember like when I put this movie on like my face was like hot because I was so <laughs> uncomfortable and I was like I'm like I feel like I'm gonna throw up I'm so sweaty I'm like so I was so nervous god imagine if you started off with the shit I was watching I would have died yes. I would have had a heart attack <laughs> uh, which no, is we, funny would which we is not funny. be here right like, now you would not I mean, be here I mean you knowing me like you guys getting even a sense of my energy like I'm so not a prude I'm, so, yeah, I'm like, no. I, I am, I'm so not, you know, but like, it has been a journey of like healing and self-discovery for me to like get comfortable with this stuff. And that is what Touch Me is about is it's about being on that journey. And yeah. so I put on this movie, I'm so nervous, you know, and you know, we don't get a sex scene until 25 minutes into the film and everything leading up to that is a group of people being like, why does sex make me so uncomfortable? Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, what do I need to do here? And, there's, and the there's narrator telling, yeah, everybody's on a different, you know, wavelength. There's so many different ways to tackle this thing. Everybody's got their own hangups. And we have this narrator who's just, and, and that's something that we will get into more as we continue talking about this film. But, like, Fucking I think Dr. that Davis. there is, 
there is so much self-awareness in this film and I really really think that like a lot of the conversations between like the therapist and the, or the doctor and the characters you know is meant to be a conversation between him and the audience there's yes. so many parts where you're watching oh, yes. it where the where the doctor is saying things like hey there's nothing to be ashamed of here there's nothing and the entire time I'm watching this movie and I'm like going into it so nervous and uptight and I'm hearing this character being like there's nothing wrong with you this is okay. Yeah. Like, feel what you need to feel. Say what you need to say, you know? And it's like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, like, I'm taking in that message. But like, that film, like, honestly, it changed my life. So everybody <laughs> needs to go out and watch Touch Me. That's a hell of an endorsement. Yeah. So with that, being that said, with that being said, let's just talk about the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's time. It starts off, the first few seconds I watched of this... Like, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I would expect out of a film from this era. It's a, it's a woman's breast, uh, bare breast, and it's you've got a man's uh, hand coming in and, like, fondling her nipple, and then he eventually, like, leans in and puts his mouth on her nipple. And then from there, it goes into just a sta- uh, B-roll of, like, people on city streets and then what looks to me like highway traffic in 1970s Los Angeles. There's narration from a character named Dr. Davis, and he's just talking about how the modern world has made it so difficult for people to just enjoy simple pleasures. And when you think porn and you think about someone talking about pleasures, you immediately like expect them to be talking about carnal pleasures. And that's not what he's talking about at all. Like, what he's talking about is just simple, like, experiences that human beings can have where it feels joyful to be alive. And he lists some examples. I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. But, like, essentially what he's talking about is he's talking about disconnecting from technology and disconnecting from the hustle and bustle of society. He's talking about living in a modern society that tells you, like, you've got to get up, you've got to go to work, you've got to do this, you've got to be this, you've got to present yourself this way, you have to do all these things. And it starts just stacking these pressures on you. And he's saying about, like, what about, like, just going out and listening to the sounds of nature? For me, personally, that connects deeply. And for... A film that is about people having sex to have a message like that right at the start like that was mind-blowing and so from there the movie just kind of like hooked me in and I was just like what the fuck am I watching like I thought we were watching porn and like all of a sudden it's a movie that's like telling me like hey are you living life right are you truly happy couldn't you be happier let us show you how to be happier (laughs) and it's not like a message of just like You'd be so much happier if you're just getting your dick slurped on, right? And that it's nothing like that. Like when they talk about pleasure, they talk about simple pleasures. They joy de vie, you know. That's too bougie for me. <laughs> it's just French, and I butchered it too. Oh, okay, but, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like just just the joy of being alive, the joy of being like present and existing, and like this marvelous biosphere that. That nurtures us and keeps us alive. And what's crazy is I'm making this sound like it's very like hippie and like bohemian. And it's not like that at all. Like he's talking to you like a doctor. And it's like coming across like an educational film. It's just an educational film where like people take off their clothes and start bumping, you know, genitals together. 
Yeah, and so that's where uh, where that side of things starts to come in, is the first scene that we have that's like a straight-up scene kind of after these establishing shots is we have this couple, uh, Bob and Lisa, they're pulling up at the house, at the doctor's house, where this like encounter group, um, he calls it a uh, sensory awareness group, which the whole thing yes. is, it's mindful meditation. That's what they're doing. That's what the entire premise of the movie yeah. is. So this couple pulls up, and over voiceover, the doctor is, you know, introducing us to them and saying, like, you know, this is Bob and Lisa. They're a married couple. Uh, they don't have a bad marriage, but they don't have a good one either. And I really love that. Like, just quick yes. side note, love that. That's kind of like what's going on in Deep Throat. It's like, she's like, I like sex. I could get laid all the time. But there's nothing, you know, nothing mind-blowing about it, you know? And, like, I feel like that's a common theme from, like, films from this time period is, like, it's it's kind of encouraging us, like, not to settle, you know? Like, yeah, maybe things aren't bad, but they're not good. And you don't have to be in a bad situation to try to improve your life. It encourages us to be actively seeking out and trying to understand our desires and, like, actively making choices and moves so that, like, our needs are being met, you know? Yeah. And it starts to become subversive in a way to where you understand why there was so much censorship because it's undermining all the messages that you get with uh, conservative society. Things should be like very like basic and straightforward, and you should just be happy with having like whatever is available out there to you. And this film is saying like, no, like have you ever thought about how you could have more and how things could be better? But it's not saying that in a way of like, hey, you're fucking this one chick, but what if you're fucking five? Ch-? Like it's nothing like that. It's not. It's not perverted. Like, that's the biggest thing about it. It is not perverted at all. It's trying to spread as wholesome a message about being open with your sexuality and open to new experiences as it can be. And that, to me, was just... It was amazing. It doesn't rush into it. It really takes its time. But to me, it kept me engaged all along because I was just like, what is going on? Why is this porn film not a porn film? Why is this, like, making me think about shit that has nothing to do with porn? And and a film that was made almost a decade before I was born, a, a film that was made over 50 years ago, and it's saying things that are still relevant today, which is incredible. Yeah, that's something that I think is very, very interesting with, uh, with this film and, and part of why this entire time period and genre really attracts me. Um, they bring it up in the documentary Inside Deep Throat. Uh, I, I can't remember who says it, but somebody goes and, and says that... Uh, these films at this moment in time, there's a certain amount of like innocence to them mm-hmm. um, that has to do with sort of the communal feeling that was happening because it was basically these movies were very new. Like there wasn't really stuff like that. There wasn't in the past. There wasn't really allowed to be stuff like that. And there yeah. was like a you know a group of people building a new genre, building a new type of movie, and and an audience that was like open to this. Like what is this? Like let's figure out what this can be. And so there's a sense of, like, exploration as a group, you know, as a society, as we're, like, figuring out these films and encountering them. And that is, like, this movie, like, epitomizes that, like, perfectly. Because that's the premise of this film. Um, If we, like, I guess we haven't really clarified what the movie is about. (laughs) Um, Sorry, guys, we're really excited about Tetris. But basically, quick synopsis, the movie is about a group of people who go to this sensory awareness encounter group 
where they're going to be challenged to unlock their full potential. That's the way he words it, you know, yeah. or figure out your inherent potential as a human being. That's because what he it's, says. it's not about um, overcoming sexual hangups. And like, it would be so easy for this to just be about like, you know, Dale has a wife who won't put out, like he wants his wife to put out, you know, and like, Mark has a girlfriend, but he'd like to see her, like, be open to a threesome. Like, it's not about that at all. Yeah, and what's, uh, what is pretty interesting is that I can think of a, several instances in the film. We'll get to those points. But basically, there is a lot of self-awareness in this film. Mm-hmm. There are constantly moments where they are inviting the audience to be a part of it. And very much, both in the context of the film and in the setup of the film, very much playing with the expectations of a porno film. Yeah. They do this in the way that they play with the character's expectations. Because there are moments when the when the characters say things like, oh, I thought we were here to, to get down, or I thought this was going to be some real experimental shit. Like, characters come into the situation expecting a certain environment and then are greeted by something else. And then we come into this film expecting a certain type of film and then are kind of not brought there right away. We are very much a part of this group, a part of this journey. They are constantly pairing us with the characters, and like we're all playing with those expectations, and that's really interesting. Yeah, and that's that's something that's super interesting about this too. When you start to break it down and analyze it, there are characters that are there to represent various members of who they thought would be in the audience. So yeah. again, to kind of buck like what your expectations of a porn film, especially like, you know, a porn film from the 70s would be, is that, you know, it's going to have like very stereotypical kind of characters. And instead they go in the opposite direction and the characters they have in this film are the people that they want to be in the audience. Totally. And someone like Harry is like such a perfect character insert for what the stereotypical porn-loving male would be. But at the same time, like, he's not, like, a flat, one-dimensional character. Like, there's a bit of an emotional journey that he goes on, and, like, there's many profound moments within this film, and, like, there's a profound moment with the character of Harry, and it's just one of many. So, I don't know, like... Yeah, okay, you want to so, run down the characters? Yeah, that, so that's actually perfect timing because that's the next scene in the film is that Bob and Lisa arrive at the house and they're meeting all the other people in the encounter group and the narrator is doing a little voiceover which is really fun because there's a lot of visual storytelling especially with the character Harry that you just brought up. You know, Basically Harry's whole thing and we find this out later on is that like he has a lot of insecurities and he is very afraid of rejection, so he pushes people away. He acts off-putting so that people are like, ew, fuck this guy. And then he's like, wow, you're a bitch, you know, as yeah. opposed to, like, willingly putting himself in a situation where he may or may not be received positively. And that's something we see visually in this scene is, you know, as the voiceover's happening, Harry keeps kind of approaching different people and kind of, you can tell that he's being rejected. Like, they're not saying anything, but you can feel the body language that, like, yeah, this person visual, doesn't want to talk to him, you know? There's visual storytelling that's um, super interesting. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And so the other But it's really subtle to where, like, I didn't notice it the first time. I didn't notice it the second time. When I went back and rewatched it this most recent time, I was like, wait a minute. No, no, I know what they're doing. There's I'm a catching lot to it. Unpack here. There's so much going yeah. on. So the characters in the group, we have Bob and Lisa, the married couple with kind of a so-so marriage. We have Harry, who is a salesman. He's kind of obnoxious. He's always kind of coming on a little strong, always trying to kind of make dirty jokes, just 
a little off-putting. Then we have Marianne, who is probably the most provocative character in the film, but Mm -hmm. she's also, like, very self-aware. I would say out of everyone, she's the most engaged in this journey. Like, I'm here. I want to figure this shit out. Like, let's do this. She's Um, like an empowered feminist that feels like there's more about herself that she has more potential that she could unlock yeah and, they and so she's challenging her. herself they describe her as being she is successful career driven she's an artist um but she's still not happy so it's like and, and i feel like that's something kind of relevant to like that kind of concept of like what exactly is it going to take to make me feel satisfied in life yeah you know and this is a character who's like not really feeling that well and it's also a um, reflection of society where it, it's making a statement about you can have all of the things that you're told that you should have to make you happy and still not be happy. Yeah. Uh, she has a lot of scenes with uh, another character, Bill, who is a really kind of shy guy. He um, has trouble connecting with people, very insecure. Uh, and we find out he, he kind of addresses the straightforward that he has performance issues. He, yeah is not stoked with what he's uh, packing down there. He yeah. has issues, technical issues as well. That's a whole situation. Dr. Davis says um, flat out, like, he's so concerned about not having enough to satisfy a woman that it it just preemptively causes him not to have good sex. Yeah, uh, and that's something that's just a whole theme in the film is, like, head versus body, which, like, we will get into that more. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. conversation. Um, the rest of the cast, we have Doris, who is uptight from a religious family, recently divorced because of a quote-unquote complete sexual failure in her relationship. We have Betsy, who is a lesbian, who is pretty open about that, and is a really cool character. Like, she comes across really smart, really kind of sure of herself, doesn't take people's shit. I, I really dig Betsy. And then we have James who is a photographer and just like a straight up player. And we find out about him that he, uh, his insecurity makes it so that he kind of, he he feels the need to like hit it and quit it because he wants to leave someone before they're going to leave, leave him, Mm -hmm. you know? And he feels like he constantly feels like he has to prove his manhood. And they, and they say it kind of towards the end of the film, like every woman you meet is a challenge to your sense of self. And how he kind of works past that, like, cockiness to get to a point where he's like, I'm fine. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, James is the inverse of Bill. Where, like, Bill is, like, really shy and kind of reserved. And, like, he has insecurities about his ability to pleasure a woman. Like, James is very confident in his ability to pleasure a woman. But he feels like he has nothing else to offer her besides that. Mm -hmm. And for him... Like, it's not so much, like, being able to connect through sex. It's being able to, like, connect after sex. Right. And so it's just, yeah, there's there's this dynamic cast of characters, and they they don't have, like, a luxury of a bunch of time to, like, give them all their individual stories. Like, literally, the majority of what we know about them is delivered through exposition by Dr. Davis, but that just sets up our expectations for who these characters are and then their dialogue, the direction that they're given, and then the way that the scenes play out as the story goes along, that fills in the rest of the story and allows us to, to start to see like how they're experiencing personal growth just through this experience of being in this encounter group. Yeah. 
So, uh, so then we start getting into the actual encounter group. And the first exercise that they do is just like breathing, just meditation. And this is kind of fun because, again, like they really play with your expectations. Like there's like a close up on Marianne's chest, like while she's breathing. And she's, you know, she has a shirt on. There's nothing fresh about this. And, and it really is just showing like the deep breaths that she's taking. But it's like the, the audience is very much like, all right, like with the shirt coming mm-hmm. off. And it's like, yeah. it's not coming off. Because you know? if I remember correctly, like you can see her nipple like poking against the, the fabric of the shirt. But it's... But it's not framed. It's subtly provocative. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, and then the next part of the, the thing that they're doing is they, he tells them, you know, get in pairs, get back to back, communicate non-verbally. And Marianne, like every situation they're in, she starts to kind of try to push things. She's like, oh, if we're supposed to communicate our feelings, like, can we touch each other? Mm-hmm. She starts feeling up Bob, the married guy. Um, and his wife is like, mm, I don't know about this, you know. Uh but while she's doing it, like, just everything, I, I love this. Like, everything in the scene is so, like, realistic and so grounded because, like, some characters are like, oh, let's get fresh. But it feels almost like it's framed, like, in a cheesy way. Like, you know, like, you know what we're going to do here. Yeah. And well, then, like, that's, you know, like, they're putting up a front. And that's a whole nother thing about this film is that they are pushing these characters because everybody in this movie is trying to put up a front. Yeah. We're trying to unlock that, you know? Um, so as they do that, they're starting to do that. I think this is hilarious because, like, every couple seconds, the do- every 15 seconds, the doctor's like, all right, that's enough of that exercise. Let's go on to the next one. And I'm like, really? That 15 seconds of breathing put me in nirvana? Like, he's like, this is an hour-long movie. Let's, let's keep he's it like, moving. He's like, listen, let's we've only got about 45 minutes. Yeah, you know, we that was enough shit breathing. That was enough, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're ready to see something something a little spicier um, but but that's okay so going back to th- just the group exercises that that's something where i start to notice some really interesting things happening because um they they do a little bit of visual storytelling when they bring all the characters in together and then when they start doing their little group exercises you start to see that one third of the group is super into it one third of the group is reluctant to get into it and then one third of the group is very uncomfortable with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And some of it, like, they express vocally, but, like, there's things that Betsy does where, like, she'll sit there and, like, just, she doesn't say anything, but she'll start kind of, like, you know, grabbing herself like she's cold. And you can tell that she's just really uncomfortable with, like, what's going on. Yeah. And, and then it's not always the same characters because, you know, you always have, like, Marianne, she's, she's cool with getting fresh. You know, hair, uh, not Harry, Bill, or not Bill, uh, James. <laughs> God dang it. They, they all have There's such too many characters. They all have such basic storybook names. But, but James, <laughs> like, James has no problem, like, rubbing up on somebody. And sometimes Bob and Lisa are, like, together. And sometimes they split off and, like, start filling up on other people. But you see these different people and how they are responding differently to different stimulus and different uh, exercises that they're doing. And it's a lot of restraint on the part of the filmmakers to not just 10 minutes into the film go like, so now we're gonna do the blowjob exercise. So ladies, get on your knees 
and uh, whatever dick comes in your mouth, start sucking on it. Like, that does not happen. The sexiest it gets before we get to the first real sex scene is they start taking off, some of the people take off their clothes. And then they lay yes, down on the and floor okay, and, and they is, start touching super, each other. This is a super interesting part because Marianne, who's always like, you know, getting going, she's like leading the charge in mm-hmm. this provocative situation. She's like, hey, is it cool if we start like taking the clothes off? And the therapist is just kind of like, hey, like, whatever, like, you do you, you know? And then this other character, Doris, uh, gets incredibly upset. And she straight up says, she's like, you guys are disgusting. Like, what is this shit? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do this, you know? But then immediately everyone comes in and they're like, oh, Doris, like, it's totally cool. Like, if you don't want to do this, like, no stress. Yeah. Like, the film is very much like, we're good. It's very open-minded. But then the therapist says, and I literally had this conversation with someone a couple days ago. Like, I was like, this film is still resonating with me. Yeah. The doctor starts talking about clothing and the both inherent vulnerability and power in nudity. And he starts telling the the group, you know, like clothing originally existed as a means of, you know, staying warm, being protected, you know. And he's like, and now it's become a wall that you put up with another person. It has become, you know, a way that you cultivate a fictional self to present to the world, you know. And, and the whole purpose of clothing has been, like, kind of perverted and fucked up. So there is something very powerful about being nude and just being like, hey, this is me. This is what's up. Here we go. You know, mm-hmm. let's connect. But I really like that because, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there is something, like, to me, like, nudity is almost, like, not even sexy because it's so fucking vulnerable. Like, I'd rather see, like, lingerie. I'd rather be in, like... A silky bathrobe, as yeah. we know from other, you know. You and but, I are uh, mind alike. But, like, full nudity, it's, like, just, I feel like I'm, uh, like, Arrested Development up in here. Where are my jean shorts? Where are my, you know? Dr. Tobias Bluth. Yeah. <laughs> Never nude. Yeah. But it's true, and that's something that they continue to push in this film of, like, vulnerability can be sexy but it can also be very unnerving and yeah. you know but that's like that's part of it is when you're having sex that's maybe the most vulnerable you are outside of like you know being sick or injured or on your deathbed you know the movie i don't know that there's a lot of porn movies that even address like the vulnerability of just being new let alone yeah. like being nude and like making yourself available to get fucked um and this movie is just like yeah like it it acknowledges and addresses that and makes it part of the narrative and that's super interesting and it's still like we haven't gotten to our first sex scene yeah and here's another very interesting thing right at this moment they start bringing in the concept of the power in the scene which is something that I talk about so much that it has become a meme in my personal life. <laughs> Who has the power in the scene? Because what the, what the premise of this film is, is to take all that psychological bullshit out of experiences, in this case sex, and like to be present and tactile. And, you know, and that's another thing. Unrelated, we're getting so sidetracked. But like the whole thing of this film and of this genre, you know, we've, we've talked about in the past that... Um, 
that the reason why these kind of films were so big back then, and this was an idea that carried into all walks of life, like, you know, I wrote a paper a couple years ago about uh, 70s interior design, is that people were searching for these, like, tactile, pleasurable experiences, which is really what this movie is about, you know? And if you look at the 70s and, like, the warm earth tones, there was this whole back-to-nature movement. People wanted plants in their house. They wanted, like colors that you would see and get a certain dopamine response yeah, to earth tones. Um, they wanted a lot there was a lot of texture going on with clothing with you know uh, furniture you know you want to sit on a velvet couch because you will touch it while you're sitting there you know when a guy's wearing a corduroy jacket like you're gonna keep that hug a little bit longer you know like you, you want a shag a rug to you're, know how it yeah feels. you're gonna take a shag rug and you're gonna run your fingers through that the same way you're gonna run them through somebody's hair you know yeah. like there was this whole movement of like creating like visceral pleasure with your surroundings and that is really the premise of this film like there's a whole exercise where they're like eat an orange and what does it feel like or sorry a tangerine what does it feel like to eat a tangerine you know and and that's what's happening here and there's a, a a part in this sequence where they're kind of breathing and feeling each other up and doing all this where lisa is like god i should have worn my my black tank top that was so much cuter you know like i didn't realize it was going to be getting fresh and i felt like i just got like called the fuck out because this is literally what i would say in that situation i'm not wearing my tight pants i thought you were gonna say i'm not wearing my robe i'm not wearing my robe god i should be wearing my robe right now yeah, like that is it is just the most relatable thing ever. And her husband calls her out. He's like, "God damn it, Lisa! Like, wh- why is that where your mind is at right now? Yeah, you know." And that and, is and the there whole is there thing is an un- like they never say this, but there is an underlying message of like staying present within the moment and allowing yourself to block out like all the other bullshit in life by just existing right now in this moment where you are. And appreciating everything that you're experiencing, that you're sensing, that you're feeling, that you're giving out to to others, it really blows me away that this is a porn film, but that's the message that's central to it. Like the sex and everything, it's not about that. It's about how like having this mindfulness can actually enhance the experience of having sex. Yeah, and in this scene, that is not what's happening. As things are getting fresher, it is totally because of like psychological bullshit power in the scene moments. Bob, Marianne starts getting handsy with Bob because she's just like that. And that's chill, mm-hmm. you know. Bob starts getting handsy with her because he wants to make a statement about like this is what this weekend is about. Lisa sees Bob, starts getting pissed off, starts getting fresh with James. James loves the drama of what's going on here and that's getting him going. So everybody is... is you know, showing, you know, Lisa's like, well, I can be fresh too, Bob. I'm not uptight. You're uptight. You know, everybody is having these like, you know, how am I being perceived? How is this affecting a relationship? How is this, you know, and they are not being present. And And it even extends outside of the heteronormative because then you have Doris, who is a closeted lesbian. She starts to connect with Betsy. And then like one of the other characters remarks on it when when Betsy, when, when Doris cops to it, Like, she immediately, like, kind of, like, tells on herself and says, like, I I imagine you're going to kick me out of the group now. That's Betsy that says that, actually. Oh, that's Betsy? Uh, Yeah, so Doris is very kind of conservative. And Betsy kind of starts feeling her up. And Doris is like, oh, Yeah, they get a little vibe going. 
And but Betsy does bring that up, which I think is really actually really interesting because she is such a confident character. But then she does get into that state of like, you know, like, oh, like, do you, you know, I'm about to be excluded as I always am, you know? And the doctor says to her, it's like, well, maybe you're being excluded because you position yourself as an outsider. Like, why don't you just be proud of who you are and join the fucking group? Which is an extremely progressive movie, a message for the movie to have. Yeah, in 1971. (laughs) Yeah, because you, like, you think about that time period and you're just like, oh, well, they're not, like, as accepting of, like, you know, homosexual behavior. But it's just, like, the movie's just being like, no, like, if this is who you are, like, it's who you are. We're not going to reject you for who you are. Yeah. And it just... I mean, again, like it shouldn't. It shouldn't feel that mind blowing. Sitting here in twenty twenty two, we are so shook. An hour into this fucking podcast, and we're like, this movie is so powerful. We haven't we even gotten into the sex scenes. Yeah, actually, that's the next part of my list. I'm consulting my notes, you guys. I'm I'm incredibly professional. And then there's <laughs> things. There's things that they say and do within the sex scenes that make them like so much more transcendent than just like pure like people fucking each other. Yeah. So now, everybody, the moment we've all been waiting for. 25 minutes into the film. dun dun dun, dun. Somebody finally fucks. We got <laughs> PNV. We got... Here we go. We have the first sex scene of the film. Of course, Bob and Lisa. After a very heated dinner break where everybody starts roasting each other, Bob and Lisa go back to their bedroom and they're just like, fuck this. Lisa is just like, I hate this encounter group. I am so uncomfortable. Like, this was not the vibe I'm going for. And Bob is like, babe, come on, (laughs) hang in there. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get past our hangups. And she's like, dude, like, I am not feeling this. They decide to start getting a little bit fresh. And this freshness comes out of an intimate conversation. There is like a five minute conversation leading up to the sex scene. And once they start getting going, Bob like totally roasts her. He's like, Lisa, you as always are a cold fish in bed, which is fucking brutal. And I think this is so funny because, like, again, it, it like this film plays with the expectations so much. It plays with like the characters' expectations, the audience's expectations. You know, Lisa has this line which in any other movie would be so cheesy and bad and stupid, but in this movie is like actually really relatable. She says, you know, Bob, I'm just I'm scared. Babe, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of myself. I'm afraid I'm gonna I'm gonna get too into it and just lose control. This is not a sexual scene. <laughs> but because like actually if you really no, think about that, thing. if you really think about that, it sounds so cheesy and so stupid, but if you really think about it, and I have fucking been there, which I hate that this episode I feel like is just making me just it, I am feeling very vulnerable right now. <laughs> but like, no, you you have to no, you have to I, just accept this is a movie that was made specifically for this you. This movie is a, is a autobiographical think piece based on me and all my experiences. It's it's a Terminator type scenario <laughs> where they knew we God. have to make the perfect movie okay. so that Vic Terry will start good vibe cinema and then 
as an extension of that, the Vibe Talking Podcast. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so basically, here's the deal with that. This is going to sound so stupid, but like getting legitimate sexual pleasure is really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I spent years of my life being like, I'm good. Like, let me get you off. And I'm going to just chill. Like, I'm good, you know? Because actually allowing yourself to be fully present in a moment and to have that experience and to, and getting off is vulnerable. It is giving the power in the scene to your scene partner. It's like, yeah. you got me off. And I'm like, I'm like Kim White's like, no, I get myself off. Like, <laughs> you don't get to, you, I save me, you know? That's a Better Call Saul reference. Get get used to those. We'll pepper them in. She says, you don't save me. I save me. And that's how I feel. I'm like, I will come on my own terms. Like, you don't get to give that to me. <laughs> Which times have changed. I've evolved. I've been having lots of great orgasms over the last year. But like... Good for you. Good yes. <laughs> but I, I do feel like that, like giving yourself fully to someone else and like whether it's like in an embarrassing sense of like I feel like I look stupid when I make a stupid face or a stupid sound or what you know whatever you feel like is cheesy and insecure and whatever but like even just the sense of like someone else is in charge of my pleasure like you are giving them the driving force and that is vulnerable yeah and and so I understand where Lisa is coming from here when she's saying that, like, if I have a level of detachment here, if you're the one getting something out of this, not me, I have the power in the scene. Yeah. And that is such a huge theme in this entire film is, like, who has the power in the scene? And ultimately breaking down that, like, nobody should have the power in the scene. Sex should not be about power. And that is something that has taken me a long time <laughs> to figure out <laughs> and get over. Um, so once they start getting down it's like after a very long conversation like I said earlier the sex scene is really really weird it is super authentic it is super emotional but it is like really awkward like, like these, you know these that characters they're... are not very good and bad but like that is true to the character That's like that is a good performance what's, what's really interesting about it is that you know that a sex scene is about to happen but they're having a conversation and they're having compelling dialogue all throughout they talk and... during the sex scene yeah the boom mic pops into the shot for a minute because it's like oh i better make sure to get this dialogue which which like the first time you see it is like jarring but like when you watch it again you're like there's the boom mic and like it just becomes really endearing because you're just like yeah there's a a group of like really like sweet down-to-earth people that all got together and fucking made this crazy film that makes a lot of fucking sense 50 years after they fucking made it. And then they like alternate between, because we talked about this in the Deep Throat episode about um, how things are being shot, like visually framed, you yeah. know, with like close ups versus long shots. And I made the point that, like, to me, a close up, which is, you know, very, very prevalent, very dominant in contemporary pornography, a close up is like very kind of choppy. It's like parts of a person, it's like disconnecting you in the sense of like, I don't want to see this human being. Whereas, like, in a lot of Golden Age films, films and deep throat and touch me and a lot of these movies it's like 
the more zoomed out you are, it's like you're seeing an interaction, you're seeing a dynamic, you're seeing a person, you're seeing, you're seeing a character. People. Yeah. But Touch Me does something very funky with that. Whereas like there are shots that are kind of set up where it almost feels like the distance is like you're on the other side of the room. You yeah. know, like I'm watching this, but like I'm not a part of it. And then there are close-ups, but they are like funky close-ups that are like kind of not that flattering and not that sexy and almost serve to be sort of like they feel jarring and disjointed and alienating to me, which I think adds to almost like a fucking surrealist well, <laughs> element that's, to these sex That's what I was talking about when I was saying that the sex is not very glamorized at all. Yeah. Like it's very raw. It's very visceral. And it's exactly what you would see if you just walked in on two people just having sex with each other. I love that every character is, like, bad in bed. <laughs> it's like, it is very much, and this is not a dig at the actors. This is a character choice. If a couple just had a conversation about how their sex life has been, like, miserable for months, like, they're not going to be doing any crazy moves. She's blowing his limp dick for, like, ten minutes. Like, that's part of the story. That's part of the story. And I, I, I love that. Say, I, I love will that. say that Marianne, in her sex scene with James... Um, Marianne not, never not fucks James. James. Bill. No, Bill. And her sex scene with Bill. God damn it. So easy to confuse. There's too many characters. And they all look kind of similar. <laughs> but no, so in her sex scene with Bill, she does this like backbend. Um, <gasps> oh, okay. Are we she's... just going to jump? Are we going to, let's, let's set this up to Mary. Well, I think, I think at this point, like, you know, cause the film does almost like a sprint to the finish sort of thing where it takes this real kind of classic structural approach to where the midway point of the film, like, things are going poorly. Like, nobody's connecting in the way that Dr. Davis wants them to connect. Like, Bob and Lisa's uh, conversation about how they want to leave and they don't feel like this is working out is supposed to be endemic of, like, how everybody else is feeling. Yeah. And what's crazy is, like, they have that sex scene and then it doesn't even, like, allow them to get to the climax. It immediately does a fucking jump cut to Harry screaming as he jumps naked into the pool. Yeah. And after that scene, then we get back into day two of the encounter group. And the doctor is saying to everybody, he does one little quick exercise because all his exercises are less than five minutes because that's super helpful to everybody. <laughs> um, he does a quick exercise. Which he's I expedient. Guess, he's I guess, very I guess expedient. this is maybe a, he's like, we got a weekend to do a fucking 10 years with the therapy. He's right? like, look, I, we got to hurry this, this shit up. Let's like, move this along. I, I got to be out of this house by uh, Sunday at noon. <laughs> this is my Airbnb. There's a sharp 11 o'clock checkout. Yes. Um, I don't want to get charged an extra 50 bucks, so you got to get the fuck out of here. There will definitely be a cleaning fee after what everybody's been if fucking doing. If you're not over your hangups, there's no refunds. Snoozy lose, bitches. Fucking sexual Mr. Rogers. So then we have, um, we have the skinny dipping, we have Harry, like you just said, and we mm -hmm. have, um, we have... And a not flattering scene at all. You would think that yeah, he porn, look good. with people hanging out at the pool, like... Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, like, sexy. I'm going to be, like, Everybody's ooh. just got their own regular bods and their own regular yeah. vibes. And it's, like... Very body positive. It is. And, like, it sounds like we're roasting. It sounds like we're being 
unpositive here. Well, we're roasting I it think, as people who live I in think fucking these 2020. Are, no, I think these people are attractive. I, I don't think yeah. that the people in the are No, there's nothing wrong with them at all. They're like, just not being framed. They have real bodies. And, like, some of the people are more attractive than others, but, like, there's nothing wrong with But it's really more about the way that people carry themselves. And that these performers are not carrying themselves as, like, oh, I gotta make sure I look good. They're no, not they're flaunting meant to be real it. They're people. just walking around and they're like, I'm not gonna flex. I'm just, this is what's happening here, you know? So after that, we have the sex scene wraps up and it's so weird. Like, the music cuts out halfway through and there's just heavy breathing and there's Which, just bad sex. I, I wanna, I wanna just real quickly say, dig the music in this. I love the music. Deep Throat had a great soundtrack and the soundtrack for Touch Me is different, but it's also great in its own unique way. So I don't mean to sidetrack from the points that we're making, but it's interesting. I hate like, that you can't pull up this music though. This is not on Spotify. This is you like kind of have to watch the movie to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, I mean that's that's. But you can you can search like Spank Bang and other stuff like that. Yeah, Spank Bang the, is amazing, you guys. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize this, but they have a lot of great content. They have a lot of films, like full <laughs> films on there. A lot of good stuff to watch. Everybody should check it out. Yeah. Well, the DVD that you have for this, it's Vinegar Syndrome, right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody out needs to, to check Syndrome. out Vinegar Syndrome. That actually really encouraged me because, I don't know, that was part of my hang-up, I guess, was that I felt very weird looking up internet porn. <laughs> but if you watch a DVD, it's legit. So I have a... It's a real I have an extensive DVD. DVD collection. Now, if it's on VHS, like, your ass should be sketch. in jail because you're a pervert. If it's on... Yeah, you're sketch. Super 8 and a projector... Like, you're a Oh, yeah, no, you're definitely a criminal. Hot. You got fucking bodies buried. No, fucking you're, a, you're files, a hot shot producer. No, 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 no. If you got real film, if you have a projector, you are an artist. No, no, artist, I'm saying if you're, you're watching, if you're watching, like, smut films on, like, 8mm and stuff. There's a whole Nick Cage film about that. I haven't seen that film. Eight mil- you don't watch 8mm? No, I have not. Yeah, no, I'm you out should of watch 8mm. Okay, back on track, back on track, we immediately transition into our second sex scene. They get in the pool, they have their vibe. It's almost Dr. Davis is like, hey, everybody go do something else, go do another thing, you know? So Bill and Marianne go off to just chill. And immediately she starts putting on the moves. They go to to, like hang out in the woods because nature's erotic. Yeah. Uh, And having a chill vibe is pretty fresh uh and but so, yeah like the way that they go off like it's not like oh let's go like it, it's, it's just kind of like, like they go off and they're just kind of wait okay out. hold on this is really interesting because right before that real quick they do an exercise where the doctor and i guess this is a little bit problematic a little bit outdated he's like let's switch like gender roles like let's have like the women be like oh, yeah, dominant yeah. in the scene you know he's like we don't want these guys getting too fruity though and i'm like okay love that you felt the need to clarify that but like whatever you know <laughs> Um, so they're kind of just like groping each other, whatever. And this I I do, I already talked about it extensively, so I won't get into it again, but the whole power in the scene situation, you know, that is a big theme in the film. Yeah. So like having that kind of explored a little bit in this moment and set up for future interactions, like I think works, could have been maybe done a little bit differently. But so, uh, Bill and Marianne are in that situation. Marianne is taking the lead as she has been suggested to do so but also just kind of that is her personality regardless uh and bill is kind of bill's kind of feeling it and so they go off they're hanging out they're having a little like picnic or whatever and bill is like 
look, Marianne, like, I know you want to get down with me, but I don't know why you do, because I have a small dick, and I can't get it up, and this is stressing me out, and this is horrible. And she's like, Bill, like, you need to chill the fuck out. Like, you can't get it up because you are so stressed out all the time. And she, I love how she frames this, you know, is like, your body is having trouble responding because there's so much in your head. Like, get out of your head and be in your body, and then you can have this experience. And that's the whole, this mindfulness kind of theme of the film. So as that starts happening, Marianne starts kind of going down on him. And again, it feels like this kind of weird, voyeuristic, not glamorous, not sexy scene where this blowjob of his soft dick goes on for Mm -hmm. quite a while, you know? And eventually they do get down. And like you said, there's this crazy move where she starts kind of bending back. And like, oh my God, Marianne is just crushing it like she is so I put that in my notes that she is so expressive she's, like her faces like very hot but also like just very like moving like this character is like feeling so much and like, I like dig on a it. superficial level like she wouldn't be the hottest porn star of that era but like she's definitely like the hottest woman like like physically but also just like psychologically like like spiritually she's the hottest woman in this movie like she's just like she's so in touch with her sexuality that it it just makes it 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 extends she ascends up like an additional level just you know in terms of uh attractiveness and again like you know i'm i'm it's a very superficial thing to say but I think that's kind of the point that they're getting across is that, like, she owns her own sexuality so hard that, like, you can't help but, like, be fucking smitten by her. And, like, the crazy thing is, is with this guy Bill, like, I'm assuming that what the filmmakers were going for was that, you know, you could be, like, an attractive guy with a decent dick, but if your self-esteem is low enough, you're never going to feel good about yourself. Because, like, he is an attractive guy, and, like, he does not have a small dick. Um, But, like, it's kind of cool, like, watching the scene kind of play out, and it's just, like, the one person who can help him overcome his hang-ups is going to be Dr. Davis. But then, with the help of Marianne, it's like, all of a sudden, this dude can, like, fucking have a regular, healthy sexual experience. It's not like for, you know what, for a hot minute, because as the film plays out, we realize that Bill is not capable of having sexual healthy experience. Yeah. And that gets into like. <laughs> we will get to that. Spoiler. There's the audience. Everybody's like, ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So the next scene in the movie after that sex scene is the basically in my notes, we have the orgy because yeah. the the last like. 20 minutes of the film is going that direction. They make um, up for the fact that there wasn't a lot of sex in the first <laughs> yes. half of the film by having all of the fucking sex in the last, you know, 20 minutes. But even that, the way they set it up, so they're like, oh, how was everybody's uh, free time? Everybody have fun? And everyone's like, mm, yeah, we did some very productive work, you know? <laughs> uh, and then Betsy's like, they're like, Betsy, what'd you do during your your time, you know? And she's like, I, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Davis. I went to your library and I borrowed a book. Oh, yeah? What'd you read? I read a Psychopathia Sexualis by Richard Freeher von Kraft Ebbing. You know, like, mentions a very... I went and, re, like, looked it up. I was like, is this a real book? Like, I tried to... I had to rewatch the scene a bunch of times to figure out what exactly they were saying. And, yeah. like, found, you know... 
Um, it's like this fucking 1800s, like, psychology book, you know, Jesus. by this German author. And I love it because I took a playwriting class this one time and they were talking about um, that, like, name dropping and, like, specificity is, like, great for a scene because it adds to the world outside of the film. Like, so if you say, like, oh, yeah, I was having lunch with David this afternoon, and it's, like, David is not a character in the play, and you've never seen him, you know? It's just, like, it just makes you think, like, oh, yeah, this person exists, like, outside of this. Yeah. You know? Characters are um, doing shit in between, like, the time when we see Yeah. Them. And, like, they kind of do that with this uh, with this moment. Is It's, like, this book, like, it's, it is a real book. You know, but also it's like, it's such a specific book that it's like, one, it's like, okay, this, this film exists in a broader context, you know, of this book. But also just the way they say it, especially with the like, fancy name and shit, it's like, it sounds very legit. And it's like, (laughs) I'm adding credibility to my film, I'm name dropping, you know, this, this like old school sexologist, you know, but also like it, it feels like a very obscure reference, like which kind of makes me feel like did the people who wrote this movie like did they read that book or had they heard of that book? Like were these people who were like very interested in sex and psychology and like is that why they made this film? See, so that's to be really inside, interesting to me. Uh, inside touch, touch me. me. Yeah, I would totally we watch need... that movie. Fucking Brian Grazer, if you're listening to this, like, make a fucking inside touch me. Like, get on that shit. Wait, who is that? Brian Grazer's uh, the the producer who made uh, Inside Deep Throat. Okay. He's Ron Howard's okay. producing partner. Oh. Remember we were talking about that a little bit? Shit, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I dig that. But, uh, yeah, apparently he's also a fan of the genre, so whatever. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> Betsy <laughs> mentions this very hipster porno book. And and then, right away, she makes this really cool point, and I I guess I've kind of brought this up, but I'm going to bring it up again. Like, this film is so self-aware, and I feel like it is constantly including the audience in what's going on here. Like, in terms of, like, you know, saying to a character, like, oh, you're uptight, but you have nothing to be ashamed about. And it feels like it's telling the audience, like, it's okay that you're watching a porno. Like, enjoy this. You know, it's fine. You know? And in this scene, um, Betsy makes the point, and then her and Marianne kind of get into a conversation about it, that, like, she says something about, you know, like, to Dr. Davis, like, you're just watching this getting your kicks. Like, you know, Oh, you yeah, have this yeah. voyeuristic It gets really sense. self-aware. Yeah, and it, it is literally calling out the audience, like, you guys are watching this, but you're not a part of it. Because she says that to him. She's like, you're watching this and getting your kicks, but you're not a part of the experience we're having. You, like, and, pushing other people's buttons. Yeah. And, like, that is such a trip, like, to say that. Like, are you trying to alienate your audience? Are you trying to, you know, like, what exactly is going on there? And, like, it, it, I, I to think me, it's incredibly it was, fascinating. like, trying to engage the audience on, like, this whole other level than, like, what you would expect going in and, like, buying a ticket to watch an adult film. Yeah, it's, it's I, I fucking dig it. But... But yeah, like it gets it gets really fucking wild when it comes to the group sex orgy scene. Yeah, because right after that, Marianne pops in, and or, or Harry pops in, and he's like, "Yeah, I thought this shit was gonna be fresh, but this is some psychology bullshit, and I came here to ball." And then here we go, power in the scene. Marianne comes in, and she's like, "Oh, Harry, you want a ball? Why don't you fuck me right now? Do it." Yeah. Oh, 
like you get like let's fucking go. She calls him out on his yeah. bullshit. And then he starts... And to his credit, he gets up to like bring it. And then that was I mean, the first time I watched this, again, like we were in and out of it because you and I were talking at the same time that we were watching it. And then this was a scene that like forever made this movie stick with me is he gets up and like you can just tell based on like the way that they're saying things, their body language, like you don't, you can watch this scene with the volume down and really start to understand what's happening, the dynamics of the characters. Um, but they, they start going at it and you can just tell that Harry is struggling to fucking bring it. And then in the middle of a fucking porn movie, it stops down to show this character fully nude burst into tears. Yeah. He cannot get it up. He cannot perform. He is so uncomfortable in front of the group of people and Marianne does this not because she wants to have sex with him, but because she wants to expose him. Because she wants to, you know, and that's like... She's calling him out on his bullshit. And she's not doing it because she's being malicious and she's just like, oh, I hate this motherfucker and I want to fucking humiliate. Like, she's trying to teach him a lesson and, you know, somewhat consciously is doing it in a way to help him become a better person. Yeah. And so, like, dude, that, like... That and then what happens after that? Like, it's some of the most powerful stuff I've seen in fucking any movie I've ever watched because it's just so raw. It is incredible. You know? Because, like, there are people that have gone through this experience before and, like, I've had similar experiences to that and just watching this character, you know, like, have this, like, super emotional moment and, like, confront his own insecurities and, like... The Dr. Davis, this is the moment where I really started to love Dr. Davis as a character, is that he's sensitive, you know, while still remaining clinically detached from it. And he's just like, hey, Harry, what happened to you in this moment? And he's just like, oh, and he starts kind of explaining that, you know, he just, he couldn't perform in front of everybody. And like, that's the thing that he's always been scared of. And he tried to challenge himself and he wasn't ready for it. And the doctor was like, hey, well, do you want to talk about it some more? And he's like, no, I just need a minute. And the doctor's like, that's fine. Take as much time as you need. And then they immediately go back to the fucking group. And they give the guy some space, but they don't exclude him from what they're doing. And it's just like, fuck, man, this fucking movie's doing some shit. And I want to just, like, run out into the street and be like, if you're going to watch it, fucking touch me. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, I Get on your ass and go watch Touch Me on your ass. I love Touch Me. Yeah. I love it too, but I feel like, you know, I feel like when I try to recommend this film to people, it's very much like I'm so hesitant. Like, I tell everybody to watch Deep Throat because I'm like, it's hot, it's fun, it's cool, you know, like, you should watch it. Touch Me, I feel like it's so specific that it's not going to work for everybody. Yeah. Like, so I love that you dig it so much. Well, and it's like, if you, like, sit back and you're chill, like, I mean, maybe you got to fucking, like, you know, spark an owl in order to get into it. Like, get, get fucking high, like... You know, fucking chew on some mushrooms or something, you know? Oh, that would but be a whole If you get in the vibe. right fucking mindset to where you're just, like, chill, you're relaxed, you're not, like, come on, come on, like, show me something. Dude, like, if you're just, like, sitting back and you're chill and you're letting this movie mindset. take you on a fucking ride, dude, it will take you to places that you 
have needed to go, and maybe you didn't realize that those are fucking destinations that you need to visit. And it goes into some more other really fucking yeah. powerful Shit scenes. Shit starts getting crazier because this whole power in the scene thing, it, it keeps going. So after Harry has his whole revelation, and I love this because, because like you said, the doctor is like comforting him but giving him space. And he makes a statement that I really dig as he says, we're not machines. You can't push a button and turn yes. an emotion on. Yes. You know, it's like, unlike a traditional porno, like you don't just be like, yeah, you don't you flip know, the switch, like, and your dick's hard, yeah, and it's then you like come you're on command. You're a person, you're feeling things, you're connecting, maybe it's going chill, maybe it's going, you know, maybe it's like those emotions are fluctuating and fluid, you know, and he says that, he acknowledges that, you know, and he also kind of calls Harry out as he's like, you know, you need to start owning your shit and taking responsibility for your choices. Like, he was so ready to be like, oh, Marianne's a bitch who won't fuck me, you know, and Marianne's like, oh, you want to fuck me? Do it. And then he can't, you yeah. know? But it's like, if she would have been like, no, fuck you, then he could have been like, well, me and my dick are great over here, and you're the problem, you know? So they call him out. They're like, no, maybe you are the problem. Or maybe you have a problem, and maybe you need to deal with that, you know? And continuing that power in the scene, we get a second to kind of break it up, because then the next person they talk to is Doris. And yes. they ask her, like, okay, Doris, like, Harry just had a vulnerable moment, <laughs> like... If you could do anything, can you top that? Like what? Yeah, can you top it? What would you do? And she says, and it, it's kind of a, it, it changes the tone for a second. She's like admits that like maybe she's not totally straight, and like she says to Betsy, like, "Will you make love to me?" That's how she phrases it. And so then the two of them start getting down, and it's actually kind of like an intimate, like beautiful scene. And like you brought up the first time we watched it together was that like the audience's reaction or like the, as in like the other members of the group, their reaction is like very authentic of like, we're not getting all fired up, rubbing one out to this like spicy lesbian sex scene. It's like two strangers or people that we don't really know that well are having sex in front of us and we're going to just kind of here <laughs> yeah like like that's where i talk about there is this progressive heart to the movie where nobody's disgusted by the fact that like ew two women kissing gross it, it's like they're interested in what's happening but they're also uncomfortable because they realize it's an incredibly intimate moment between yeah they're uncomfortable with the intimacy yeah they're not uncomfortable with the you know what's the context of what's happening like there's something beautiful that's happening and like you don't want to turn away from it but at the same time you feel like almost like you should feel ashamed that you're not giving them their privacy to enjoy this moment together but at the same time like you understand that like no everybody's kind of in this whole experience together and this represents doris overcoming a massive you know hurdle and her being able to not only embrace her own sexuality but to embrace it in a very vulnerable way because they're both completely nude in front of other people and like you watch her get off and it's not in the like the sense of contemporary porn to where it's just like two girls start licking on each other and they're just like oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah, oh my god you know like it's it, it feels genuine and like she might be experiencing like actual sexual pleasure for maybe the first fucking time in her life and that does like that's so powerful that it makes everybody else uncomfortable even if they're like totally into what's happening in front of them 
And like that was something again where like the first time we watched this, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" It was yeah. right on the back of fucking Harry breaking down in tears. And then when we watched it again, I was just like, "This is fucking crazy." And then when we watched it again, I was like, "This is fucking amazing." <laughs> totally. Like it's, like it's. I mean, fuck. Like, dude, if you are fucking open-minded, if you're feminist, you know, if you're progressive at all, like it's hard to watch this movie and at this point that it gets to not be like yeah i'm fucking fully on board yeah. and then after that it gets and a little then... the wheels really start but, to okay roll. okay okay and then we actually have like a really before my that scene that i know you're referencing yeah. before that scene i mean dr that... davis has some good shit to say he does have some good shit to say so then the next scene is right after the betsy and doris scene then we have james who's just kind of his whole thing is he just has something to prove. Yeah. He's like, and and he was making like bitchy little comments throughout the film, like you know, like there's a part when Doris and Betsy are kind of vibing at the beginning, and he's like, uh, Betsy, I think you're looking the wrong direction. Like I don't think she's gonna get down with you. And he, she's like, uh, <laughs> that's funny, James, because I'm not gonna get down with you. Fuck you, you know. Um, and so finally Damn. at this point, like James is just having like his little attitude as always, and so Betsy's like, James, do you want to fuck? And he's like, yeah, I want to fuck. And then this was so funny because I, I really, I mean, it's not, I like, it, it's interesting, interesting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, is that? what is that for my thing? You should leave when he's like, you're the one who said this was going to be funny. I said it was interesting. <laughs> so this is a, an interesting scene. I love this shot. So we just recently, we talked about it in the last episode, but we, we were doing, uh, we, we finished doing a short film uh, called Big Feet. It's a Bigfoot Super 8 movie. And, um, where Bigfoot fucks and there's a sex <laughs> scandal and life falls apart. Yeah, a lot going on. But there was a, there was a moment where the, the porno scene, you know, and I was yeah. like, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to explain to the um, director of photography of the film, like how I, how I was envisioning it being shot. And I'm like, I think it's like the graduate, but then I looked at the graduate, you know, with like the sexy leg, you know, and I was like, wait, no, it's not the graduate. Like, what am I picturing? Apparently, I was picturing a scene from Touch. <laughs> and it was so funny because I, I, I just so went, when we rewatched this the other day to get ready for this episode. And, and we finished shooting this like weeks ago, you know. I called up the DP and I was like, I figured out what that shot was. And he's like, oh, really? What was it? And I was like, it was a shot from Touch Me. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, okay, babe, that's a little obscure. It's a little obscure. Has <laughs> he seen Touch? You've made him watch it, right? He's watched part he watched part of it oh, and man. really dug it but he's gonna watch the rest of it if he's listening to this bro you gotta fucking watch touch me it's fucking great i know i was he Trust liked it more me. than deep throat you he liked me. it more than deep throat liked it more than deep throat okay which is crazy to me because i fucking love deep throat <laughs> but i guess my soul loves touch me i don't know i like both I have the range. They're both amazing. So well, in the just... same way that that Deep Throat had the problematic Coke uh, straw scene, like this, this then like the scene with James, and then what? see just like just like Touch Me, like we started off like real <laughs> mellow and slow, and like now we're fucking going off the goddamn yeah, rails. The end of Touch Me, I'm gonna circle back. I'm gonna circle back. Okay, so Touch Me like goes from like. 
like zero to a hundred. It goes from like no sex scenes to like a half hour into the film, finally getting one. This last chunk of the film is just so extra. So after Betsy and James start getting down, it's the same kind of thing as with Marianne. She's like, okay, James, you want to fuck? Let's fuck. Let's do it. And they start banging. And then right when he's about to get off, she like pushes him off. And he's like, you bitch. And literally punches her in the face. Dude, yeah. I thought. Will Smith, I Chris Rock. Thought, well, I thought it was a slap the first time I watched it. And then I rewatched it. And I was like, that was a punch. Yeah. And then the, the doctor's like, oh, take it easy, take it easy. And then what Hey, what are you doing? You can't hey, do this. Hey, 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 forget about that. You know, hey, after, fucking calm it down. Huh? After everybody finally simmers down, he's like, so James, where did that like bad vibe come from? Like, what was going on there? Like, that was a bit much. And then we get to the, he figures it out. He cracks the case. He's like, apparently every woman he meets is a challenge to his manhood. He feels like he has to conquer everyone. And so the fact that Betsy is like, I don't dig dudes, it was like really bothering him. He's like, I can't win here, you know? And so that's what was happening there. And obviously as fucked up as that is, I think it's really interesting how they uh, go about it. And they're like, you know, James, like not only is that like unchill of you to like other people, like that's unchill to yourself. Like that sounds exhausting that like every interaction you feel like you need to prove something. And one, I think I want to say Harry says it, but somebody chimes in and they're like, man, you're going to ball yourself to death. <laughs> I feel like that's such a great line. It's either Bob or Harry that says it. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like something Harry would say, <laughs> like whether or not he actually said it. Um, but it's funny because, like, in the middle of that, they're talking to the audience. They are totally talking to the audience. Yes. And so then here comes the scene that, like, so stuck with me after the first time I saw it. The self-aware rape scene. Do you remember, like, how I reacted the first time I was watching Yeah, this? and I feel so humiliated right I now. I was, like, sitting that. on the couch, like, on the verge of tears. I was like, what are you showing me? Like, what? this is not oh, turn it stop. off. stop. Stop. So what happens is Bill, who, as we saw in the previous scene, gets down with Marianne, has all of these insecurities. Like, now that everybody in the group is just fucking and exploring their darkest sides of themselves, they're like, okay, Bill, what's your deal? And he's like, I go hard. And she's like, like Bill, she's like, Bill, stop. What the fuck? You know, like, he literally says that. And she's like, dude, we banged like an hour ago. Like, what the hell is this? Okay, this is so problematic. But, like, so they're doing it and, it, and it, and it plays a little bit into that, like, problematic trope of, like, she's like, oh, Bill, stop! And then, like, she's like, remember that time when me and Bill got down? And it's, like, flashbacks of the two of them in the woods. And she's like, yeah. this is actually kind of chill. And it's, like, smiling. It's, it's, like, going back to the soundtrack, when it shows the flashback, it switches to that music, that soft, like, flute melody. Uh-huh. And it becomes this thing to where they're trying to tell you that, like, no, 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 this isn't problematic. This is beautiful. This is touching. But it's also problematic. But it's also just like, and like it's she's like so, still continuing to struggle, and then like so weird. nobody's like stopping it. Like, yeah, that's the thing to me. The doctor is like, we need to see where this thing. Like Doctor Davis is like, like mm, really, this is very interesting. Very this is interesting. exactly what I wanted to have. And There's like, a lot to unpack here. Let's do it yeah. right now. And so once they're like done, Marianne says to him, she's like, Bill, what the fuck? You know, I wanted to get down with you. Why did you do that? Why did you have to? She's like, you didn't have to force it. Why did you do it like that? And he's like, because that's the way I wanted it. And she's like, damn, like, I feel that. And then immediately, immediately. Hold on, here's my favorite part. 
clarify for everyone here. When we were watching it the first time and I was like, my favorite part's coming up. This line was my favorite part. Okay. Okay. My favorite line. Oh, I thought you meant the rape scene. No, that's not what I meant. My, my favorite part was when Dr. Davis says, well, Bill, clearly you need a therapist. <laughs> Well, Bill, I think you need to speak to a psychoanalyst. He's like, there is more than this encounter group can explore. I think you need a therapist. And I just thought it was so... They even, like, at the fucking very end of the film, when he's walking everybody (laughs) out, he's like, 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 hey, Bill, I'll send you that recommendation. Don't forget to call me about that therapist, Bill. Oh, my God. I just thought that was the funniest thing in the world, because it's like, it's like they do the scene... And then they're like, okay, but audience, like, you're not allowed to be turned on by the scene. Like, we're including the scene, but not for you. Don't, you're, don't enjoy it. Because if you enjoy it, you'll need a therapist. And Bill, you're needing a therapist. So, like, why the fuck is this scene in the movie? Because, yeah, like, literally Dr. Davis, like, leans over to the microphone as it's going on. And he's like, rape is wrong and you better not be jacking into this right now. Just so you know. It's like, get, get your hand off of that thing right now. Take your hand off your dick right now, motherfuckers. Problematic. Problematic. Yes, yes. And it's so fucking crazy because it's like there's so many beautiful moments that are happening. And then like you get two angry, violent reactions from men toward women because the men can't overcome their own sexual hangups. And then you just get a full-blown fucking rape scene where there's fucking... Half a dozen people watching it fucking happen, and, and you're Which just like, bizarre. am I crazy? What the fuck just happened? This movie, like, switched gears. But it does have a fucking message to say on that, because clearly what you come to understand from that, Bill was so frustrated with his inability to express himself both emotionally and physically that it manifested itself in a violent sexual assault she was upset that she was just like, look, you didn't have to fucking be so violent about it. Like, I was on board with having sex with you. And yeah, like, all of that is still problematic. You can absolutely rape someone that you already have a sexual relationship with. But what the film is trying to get across is that if you don't address your own sexual hangups, that they can have a very unhealthy, violent expression in the way that Bill does in this film. And it's something that like you have to you have to sit down and like really think about it. And you have to give a lot, a lot of credit to the filmmakers and to just basically assume that like, yeah, that's what they were going for. But I think there's so much goodwill that the film builds up that there was a little bit of understanding that like, hey, if we set up a lot of this shit ahead of time, people will kind of understand. But at the same time, like during that time period, there were fucking films like mainstream movies that as a way to shoehorn in sex scenes, they would just do a rape scene. And then in the middle of the rape scene, the woman would just start to go along with it. And that was like the filmmakers just kind of like subtly being to the audience like, hey, you don't have to be uncomfortable about this. She's into it. So it's all right. But like the context of it, it was like, no, none of this is fucking all right. And even within this movie, as much good shit that it does in 2022, it's fucking uncomfortable to watch this. But at the same time, like the fact that they make the effort to be like, hey, look, what you did is not cool. Multiple characters tell him that. And you get sort of an understanding that the character is just like, 
yeah, no, there's something fucked up about me that that's what I wanted to do. You have to just trust that, like, that character is going to go on a journey to better himself and to ensure that that doesn't actually fucking happen. But the fact that there's question marks about that is... It's very problematic. It's a bizarre scene. It is a bizarre scene. Yeah. For sure. But then, like, right after that, everybody just starts fucking. Everybody just starts sucking yeah. and fucking. Yeah, then immediately after that, Marianne, they're like... And, and this, I think, is so fun. <laughs> like, because I think the film, throughout the entire movie, they really play with the audience's expectations of, like, what do you expect watching a porno? What do you think this movie is going to be versus what this movie actually is? What is your goal watching this versus what is our goal telling this story? And like mirroring that in the sense of like the characters coming in and like what are they trying to do? What are they about? And and how is this really playing out? And what's the deeper level to this? You know, there's so much about expectation and you know, there's so many scenes like we mentioned earlier, you know, where it's like if in any other movie you said that line or did that scene or set that up you know it would be a ridiculous cheesy porno scene but the way they do it it's not yeah. and now you have a scene after this where they're like okay Marianne so is there anything you need to work through and she's like well Dr. Davis I think I might be a nymphomaniac and I think that every man in the room needs to make love to me yes but it is so she does it cheesy it's like finally we've been like this movie has said everything it needs to say and now it's time like y'all wanted a porno here's the porno in the last five minutes of the movie i love it's like that as a reward choice. for sitting through 50 minutes of all of this psychological analyzation and babble and all that now you get to watch a bunch of people fuck Thank you guys for taking notes and uh, consulting with your uh, psychology 101 textbook as you were watching the film. Yeah. Like, now you can finally masturbate. Yes, thank you very much for reading the prerequisite <laughs> material of Dr. Uh, Wilhelm Jean Braun Dong. <laughs> and um, now you can uh, whip out your wieners and start to stroke them because everybody's getting down. But like, and as they leave, Bill, please don't forget to call me about that therapist, because you're unchill. No, like, I want to say that the orgy scene, I mean, it's not like what you, if you go online and right now search for, you know, MFMFMFMFMF orgy scene, it's not going to look like this. If you watched your parents back in the fucking, like, 70s, you know, you are have sex with all your parents, other friends' like, parents. so much credit. Like, do they have that much game? Like, your parents, well, that's the life they're living? They're not doing that, but I'm trying to paint the picture of, like, people to just be like, okay, when I was a little kid, if my parents, like, had a big, like, group sex scene with, like, my friends' parents, it would look like fucking the sex in this movie. <laughs> And it's, it's wild, because this shit was, like, made to, like, turn people on, arouse them, but really it was made to make them think about stuff and to try and become better people. And for that, I have, I have to congratulate it, because 
with the exception of the problematic rape scene with which even with that like i'm being very generous but i'm saying that it's trying to put across a positive message all throughout this film it's trying to be progressive it's trying to make a positive message it's trying to say things that like even in 2022 still resonate and are still things that it's just like yeah if more people understood this message and like took it to heart and tried to live their lives this way they would be happier people they would experience as dr davis says more pleasure yeah and as a result they would become happier people so for that i give this a fucking nine out of ten yeah i i love this film and you know we we talked about in the deep throat episode how like that movie and just the way that they frame different types of sex and like how that was like something that i really needed to see at a certain moment in my life you know like this was a film that i saw this kick-started the journey and this was exactly the message that i needed to hear and exactly the energy that i needed to feel like when i was embarking on my journey of self-discovery and yeah. like at a, at a point in my life where i was ready to start taking charge of you know my life and my relationships and my sense of self and my connection to my own sexuality and like this movie was there when i needed it to be and like you know it did bring across the message that was like exactly what I needed to hear at that moment in time. And so like, I really encourage everybody to watch this film. I mean, like, I think that like one, it's just like an interesting, cool film that like anyone who like digs movies and digs this genre could like get something out of. But like, if you are at all someone who is maybe curious about this stuff, but like hasn't really delved into it or who is like wanting to explore this genre a bit more and is dealing with some hang-ups like I think this is the perfect movie to start with I think this is a great movie to kind of open your mind and get you a little more comfortable with certain things and like really um it has this like warm-hearted like positive sense to it of like we're all on a journey together and like exploration is chill um so I strongly recommend touch me to anybody who even kind of digs this shit or who would maybe like to start digging it hard recommend touch me yeah and you know in addition to that if you're somebody who just you are stuck in a rut and you know maybe your sex life just isn't going the way that you want it to if you are not getting the same level of enjoyment out of you know going to red tube and all the other porn sites and just watching these, you know, contemporary porn loops, watch this. It'll give you a different perspective and hopefully it will give you a healthier relationship with yourself, your own sexuality, and just sex in general because there's a lot of positive things to say in this movie. And even if, like, you just kind of strip away the sexuality message and start to think about it as like mindful meditation just kind of approaching it that way it's a very interesting film and for something from that time period like to really kind of like capture the the spirit and and notion of people who were alive at that time like i think it's really fucking interesting because it does try to find a way to speak to as broad an audience as possible, but at the same time was made by people who were alive and like very much of the time in 1971. 
So, you know, as a way to kind of connect with a time period that you may not have been a part of, it's really interesting on that front. But as a deeper kind of personal um, introspective experience, like it's well worth your time to go and check out. So I give it a very strong recommend. I know most people listening to this have probably never fucking heard of this movie, but you would do well to go and watch it and check it out and see what it's about because, like, fucking we love it. Yeah, I am all about Touch Me. And if it wasn't for Touch Me, we would not be sitting here talking to you right now. So, I mean, for for that reason alone, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, I hard recommend you guys Vinegar Syndrome. I happened to stumble across Touch Me just on the internet, you know, but um, I love the DVD of it that I have gotten from them, and I love being able to pass that around and share it to people and have movie nights in my apartment, and I definitely recommend, like, uh, you know, investing in these films and, you know, building up a little collection there and supporting the mission uh, that Vinegar Syndrome has to keep these films alive and uh, accessible to people. I think that's really fucking awesome. Your DVD release also has another film that we are most likely going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, Cry for Cindy. Definitely going to cover that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really cool film. Hopefully sure. you guys are going to be along with us for the journey. Totally. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening. This has been Five Talking. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> a Good Vibes oh, Cinema yes. Production. This is a Good Vibes Cinema Production. So uh, I, I plugged all of our shit last time, but yeah, go I'll back. Plug it again. we got to plug it every single time. Follow us at Good Vibes Cinema on Instagram. We have a lot of fun Super 8 films, and Vibe Talkin' has a Instagram, a Twitter, uh, so keep, keep following that, because uh, we're constantly coming up with fun shit for you guys. Vibe Talking on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, no G at the end, so... Yeah, vibe Talkin'. If you want to reach out, vibetalking at gmail.com, like hit us up, and uh, we will be excited to uh, connect with our fans. Yeah, anyone have movie recommendations, or just if y'all got a hot take on Touch Me, like hit me up. I, I would love to hear that. That's going to be it for me. Same. Right. <laughs> good night, you guys. Have a good night.